Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Popcorn Wine Down. I'm Eddie. And I'm Tammy. Thank you for joining us this week. We'll be discussing Lin-Manuel Miranda's In the Heights, which is a movie musical adapted from the Broadway play and book written by Kiera Algeria Rudis. I hope I said that right. I probably fucked it up. Sorry. Um, which tells the story of U.S. Snobby and his friends and neighbors as they pursue their dreams in the neighborhood of Washington Heights. So, Tammy, what did you think about In the Heights? You know I'm all about my musicals. Um, It was really good. (laughs) It was really, really good. Like, I was not disappointed. Um, Great job. Like, it didn't feel annoying with the singing going in. And I loved that he kind of did the same thing that we heard in Hamilton. Now, granted, In the Heights was before Hamilton. um, But the rapping your lines or singing the like singing like certain lines or whatever and that was like the song the song was actually their lines like i i love that cuz it just entertained me um it was really really good i enjoyed it from beginning to end like no boring parts to me except for when the old woman was speaking when she died when she was singing how did i know you would pick a boyless death yeah not her death when she was singing was boring. Not her death. That was her But I knew it was coming. Like you knew her you knew she was gonna die. Um and this is from somebody that didn't I didn't even research what in the heights was about. Like I just went off of the name um Lynn Miranda wait, what's his name again? Lynn Manuel Miranda. Touche. Um I just went off of him. The fact that this was um, his movie based on another Broadway play that, like, was a hit. So, um, yeah. Like, but, yeah, like, when she was singing her song, I was like, "Uh uh-huh. And then she went off into the stairwell of heaven. That was the heart of the movie. She was the heart of the movie. Her death was. Oh, was her death supposed to be the heart of the movie? It was it was like a turning point. It was it was I one agree. of those, it was a flip. It, it, it was, was a flip. It was one of those moments. Okay, cool, great. Glad to hear it. <laughs> that doesn't sound like you're really glad to hear it. <laughs> what do you think of In the Heights? Because I know you don't like musicals. <laughs> yeah, In the Heights, as much as I love Lynn Manuel Miranda. Um, In the Heights did nothing to uh, changed my mind about movie musicals. I I watched it. Um, I for me, I think it would have worked better either as a complete musical, a la Hamilton. I do I do love his style of writing. I do love how uh, he uses like a lot of times when you will watch a musical, um, the the singing part they'll use what happens when they're singing as just a transition from the scene. And it really doesn't do much to further the dialogue. Like it's not anything they build up on. But with him, I love how it's part of the dialogue. How so you do have to pay attention to the songs and what they say and what they do. Um, and I love that. So I love his style. I love John Chu, the director who did Crazy Rich Asians and also part of the Fast and uh, Furious saga. Um, you know, so it, it's nothing against them. It's just my disdain, my utter disdain for this genre, with the exception of a few. Um, and yeah, like I said, this did nothing to like, <laughs> you know, lessen that that disdain. Um, so uh, I also hated. Uh, I loved Anthony Ramos. You know, um, I hated the name Yosnavi. Like <laughs> and. I, I don't know, like, I, ne- I never saw the original In the Heights. I never read the book, so I don't know. Um, to me, it kind of seems stereotypical that his dad would pick the, the name of the first, would name him after the very first thing he saw when he was coming to America, which was a U.S. Navy boat. I'm like, really, dude? <laughs> so, but it um, happened a lot. Like, that's very realistic, though. Yeah, but U.S. Navy, come on now. I just hated the name, like, U.S. Navy. <laughs> So, or I was like, us Navi? No, it was actually U.S. Navi, but together one. So that was just my, that was just my thing. I, I didn't like the name. But um, I know that the movie did not do as well 
um, before we get into other stuff. I know it didn't do as well um, as they were hoping. And um, it only got like 11.2 opening weekend. And if true enough, it was going up against some heavy hitters. Um, the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard and um, A Quiet Place too, But it only got $11.2 million in its opening weekend. And they, that did, did account for the fact that, you know, we're still in the middle of a fucking pandemic. Damn Rona and her cousin Delta. Um, but so I was thinking that, oh, OK, well, maybe a lot of people did what we did is they stayed home and watched it on HBO Max. And so um, and I guess after the weekend totals and the box office totals and the Nielsen, the, the weekend Nielsen ratings came in. Um, it wasn't even the um, HBO Max didn't take away from um, the movie's performance either. Um, so I, yeah, I was just like, oh, okay. But yeah. And then, um, and this was before the colorism scandal came out, which I know uh, you wanted to talk about. Oh, so um, what did you think about that? About oh, no, no, just, no. We're not what? done with the movie first. Oh, you want to talk about the whole movie first? What? This is okay. what the episode is for. <laughs> well, they they go hand in hand. No. <laughs> yes, they do. But excuse me, where do you want to go with this? You take the lead. This was your baby. This... Eddie, y'all, <laughs> y'all. Eddie just threw me under the bus because this was not just my movie. We were going to do this no matter what. <laughs> Like, I, and I agree, but <laughs> yeah. I don't, I'm pretty wrapped. I've pretty much wrapped up my sum of the movie. Like you've gotten my review. <laughs> Are you so you're not you're not going to talk about the storyline, the dreamers, Sunny? You, you're not going to talk about like the romance aspects of it, like Nina going to Stanford and her experience at Stanford, and then coming back home and like the whole issue with her and her dad and none of that like we okay okay you no okay let me be fair um I I did I I, I believe <laughs> I guess I don't know I believe the original play was set earlier like in this I want to say the 60s um, so I know they updated it a lot. I do like the fact, let me put my bias aside. My favorite character was his cousin, Sonny. I loved his cousin. And I would even go for a non-musical spinoff based on his cousin's story and his journey. Like he was my favorite character, hands down. He was so cute and funny. Um, and I love the sacrifice that he made for his cousin um, after Abuela died. So I guess we're going to go back to the beginning. U.S. Navi, played by Anthony Ramos, runs a bodega in Washington Heights, which is a, a neighborhood. Is it in Bronx? No, Queens. Where is Washington Heights? Is it in Queens? I couldn't help you out. I want to say it's in Queens. New Yorkers don't shoot me. I'm not from New York, but I want to say it's either Queens or the Bronx. Forgive me for not having a full <laughs> knowledge of the geography of the New York boroughs. I just know that it's there. Um, and his dream, or his swinical, swinical, dang, my accents are horrible for language. Anyway, his swinito, or swinita, is um, his little dream is to basically go back to the DR, the Dominican Republic, and reopen his dad's beachside restaurant slash bar. Um, and that is what he's working for. Every That's where all his money goes to, is to buy back that little piece of land in the DR, and to go and reopen that, rebuild and reopen that bar. And he also wants to take his cousin with him, which I thought was really sweet, um, especially after you saw his fucked up home life and his daddy played by Mark Anthony, which was great casting, by the way, to, to have Mark Anthony cast as the, as the cracked out father. True, because his body looked like he's cracked out. <laughs> um, so, you know, um, but yeah, so I will say, what did you think about Sunny? Who was your favorite character, rather? Um, Benny. You liked Benny? That's the black dude, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, um, no, I actually, 
I liked all the main characters. Like I even liked the salon ladies. Um, I I liked the dynamics of, of you know the neighborhood. Right, everybody knows everybody, which. I'm like, does that really happen? But talking to my friends who are from New York, like, yeah, that that really does happen where, like, the neighborhood, like, takes care of each other and everything like that. Um, Because I have a friend who's from Bushwick, and she's like, yeah, like, that's how we were on our block. Um, But I think, like, my favorite favorite character, like, I love Sunny. Sunny was really, really cool. Um, I like how they, like, played the game on... Um, setting up a date, like how he played the game on setting up a date for Yusnavi and um, Vanessa. And he was like, you know, like my cousin would like to know if um, you wanted to go out. <laughs> just like his cousin's just standing there like, for real, dude? But go ahead, continue, continue. Let me see what she's going to say kind of thing. So I thought like he was really, really cute. I couldn't figure out how old he was. Was he like a teenager? Like, like, so he yeah. was still in high school, right, in the movie? Yeah. Sunny, okay. I, I'm assuming Sonny was still in high school in the movie. Okay. So, like, yeah, um, I love the relationship of him and Yusnavi. Um, I also, in agreement on, like, he definitely was about taking Abuela as well as Sonny with him to DR. It's crazy to me that this whole entire time, Sonny knew that he was illegal and Yusnavi didn't. I was like, yo, for real? Like, you never thought of the fact that you had to only pay him cash? Like, there, there was, like, no... And I was like, and they talked about how he was brought over when he was a baby, and seeing how your how your uncle was, or cousin, your, your, how your uncle was, um, you, you really thought, like, he went through the whole citizenship to uh, give citizenship to um, Sonny? So I thought that was a little naive of him not realizing that his cousin was illegal. Maybe because he was a citizen, um, but I don't know if he was born here or if he was born in DR. But I think he was born here because his dad came over first, and I think he just may have gone back to the DR. But I also think um, I think he never really thought about it because in a lot of neighborhoods, and in and in especially. Um, they do get paid under the table because um, I'm thinking maybe Sonny wasn't old enough to work there. So, and also um, they don't have bank accounts. Um, so they will just pay them in cash. So I didn't, I, 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 I can kind of excuse him not really considering the whole cash thing, but just because of, like you said, initially the neighborhood being so close and everybody being in everybody's business um, especially in, in blocks like that, then it, it does surprise me that he didn't know um, that he wasn't um, here legally. But, um, you know, so, yeah. But the fact that he, when he did find that out, he was willing to take him. Um, he still wanted to do everything he could to get him. And it's funny. He was going to do everything he could to get him to become a citizen just so he could take him to the DR. Um, you know, so that just goes and shows, but to show how much he, he loved his cousin. And um, I was actually surprised that once we saw Sonny's home life, I was surprised that Sonny didn't actually live with him in Abuela. Like his dad was a fucked up hot mess. Um, just from the, the, what, two, three minutes that we saw of him, yeah. you, you knew that situation was just fucked up. And for Sonny to be the way he was, um, you knew that was everybody else's influence and not his dad's influence. Like, you know, so um, it, it kind of makes me spoiler or happy that yes, U.S. Navi or us Navi didn't leave um, because I was thinking, God, if you go and you can't take him, what is he, what's going to happen to him? Abuela's gone. Um, I guess he would still have Benny, but we didn't never, we never really got to see how close he and Benny truly were. Um, you know, Benny, I'm assuming Benny may have probably still looked out for him, but not the way us Navi would have. So it's like, if you do go, what's going to happen to Sonny? You know, even though you're trying to work on getting him citizenship. So, um, like I said, um, I was lukewarm on the relationship between him and Vanessa. I, I'm with you. 
Like, I, I think we've switched roles during this review. Um, I, I could have taken it or left it, especially after what happened in the club. I was like, oh, dump her. Like, yeah. Because she so. went and did what he told her to do? No, not because of that. Like, I was so, I was with her on that. Like, oh, hey. afterward. Oh. Yeah, like, you, you, we go to a club and you tell me, and you don't want to dance and you're not making moves, but I'm here with you. And then you give me permission to go out and dance. And that's what I came here to do. All right. I can show you better than I can tell you. So that whole club scene, I understand that. We've all done that. I'm talking about the end where he went back and he was looking for her and they get separated because of the blackout. But even after the blackout, when they all get to their spot, he's like, yo, yo, where's Vanessa? And he goes back running for her and he finds her and she's like, you left? Like, what? And then she, they start that argument basically over them both doing what they told each other to do. And I was just like, nah, uh-uh. No, you know. but when she said that you left me, she was talking about how when she kept saying, like, let's dance, let's dance. And he was like, oh, you want a drink? I'm going to get you a drink. And instead of staying and dancing with her, he went back to the bar and then all of a sudden the lights went out. I don't think she was saying like he just like left her like he walked out of the club without her. I think is that he literally left her in the middle of the dance floor when she said she was good. She didn't need a drink, but he still went to go get her one anyway. Yeah, I took it for her talking about how she left him after the lights went out and they all got separated. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, you know, it was just. I, I from the very beginning I was just lukewarm on that relationship. I was like, whatever. It didn't it didn't phase me either way. I was like, oh, okay. So them ending up together, spoiler alert, doesn't surprise me either. Um, so what made Benny your favorite character? Uh, he was just so chill and cool. I liked him. Um, I liked his job that he had. I would like to know how much he actually made at that job. But um, I like the job that he had. I'm wondering, like, do people do that still? Um, but just just his real chill personality. Like, I like, I granted, I liked all the main characters, like I said. But I liked, I really liked Benny. I thought um, Benny just had such a chill thing for the amount of times that he was on the screen. Because he wasn't really there. Because, you know, he wasn't the star. Um but I did like Benny. I liked Sonny. I liked all the male characters more than the female characters. I'll put that out there. I did. I'll take yeah. the males over the females in this movie. Um, I I didn't like Nina. Um, I got what she was going through. Uh, and again, Nina was played by um, Leslie Grace is the actress's name. Um, great actress, great voice. Um, I just didn't like what they did with her character. I get you being homesick. I, I understand that. Um, I get the fact that you might even want to come home from Stanford. I, I get that. But the way she went about it was just completely fucked up. And then it's like she didn't even have a plan. It's not like, oh, I want to transfer from Stanford to uh, NYU or Columbia and stay close to home, go to school in the city and still live in a home, be with my people in the hood. It was like she wanted to just stay there and take over her daddy's uh, business. And I'm like, you do realize Uber is like overtaking all of that, right? Um, and they're trying to tell you, you see what's happening to the block. So you think, what can you do as a college dropout with no education to help save your block or to keep the dream of your people alive? So um, I, I, I didn't like that whole little scenario. It seemed a bit contrived to me. I, I get the homesickness. I get the, the fucked up experience that she had to deal with at school. But the way she went about explaining or trying to deal with homesickness and the, what happened to her, I was just like, oh, okay. Where's Stanford? Stanford is in Palo Alto, California, about 30 to 45 minutes outside of San Francisco. So there's yeah. Hispanics over there, right? In California? Yeah. It's California, of course. Exactly. So I agree with you on the whole Nina thing um, because you're in California. Like, what the like lady 
you are in one of the states that has a dominant Hispanic population. And I understand. I think it was more on her missing her people, like the people she grew up with, than her missing her her community or like her like her Hispanic heritage or something like that. Like she didn't miss that. You're in California. There, there's it's too much of that over there for you to actually say like, oh, because um, they made it seem like, oh, she, she was over there and she was like one Hispanic of like maybe 10 in the whole state of California. California is too huge for that. Um, I agree with you on how she explained her feelings was ridiculous. Like it just didn't make it believable um, because of the university that she went to and because of where it's located. I just didn't completely get it. Another thing is that like, you let them search you. You come from New York City. You come from Washington Heights and you let them search you. You just like gave it up and then you apologize. Yeah, I don't believe that. Like, it just doesn't sound believable. Like, you gonna let them search you and, and the people that you grew up around? Like, no. I just don't see it. And you yeah. just gonna let them search all, like, just, just automatically just search all your property and then she finds it in her bag? Like, that, that just didn't seem believable to me. That pissed me off because I'm just like, girl... I don't know if you're making up this story or what, but that just doesn't seem like that's something that, you know. Yeah. And you didn't request um, a roommate switch after that? or Yeah, anything? like, like it, it, you, you didn't, there's no complaints talked about, like, like nothing. Like, it, it, it was, the, and then the, the next thing is, is that you ain't tell none of your peoples. Like, you didn't tell your best friend, Vanessa, about this. Like, it just, and and I guess because they put her up on such a pedestal on her dad kept saying, like, if you can't make it, what, what does it say about the rest of us? Which is a lot of pressure. Um, but that's always just like, why did you go to Stanford? You got into NYU. You got into Columbia. That means she got into all the best universities in the area. And you ended up going to Stanford, a school that you knew your dad couldn't afford to send you to. Yeah. So um, I'm thinking the original In the Heights was set in 1999. So you can give like, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I still can't make I, it make sense. Yeah, like, because like my whole thing is like once she realized, so you, you go to Stanford and I get it because when you go to those Ivy League schools, it's definitely an adjustment. And sometimes it's just not for you. And I get that. I fully, fully get that. But my thing is, is that, you decide to go back. And I, I just thought the logical thing would be, the smart thing would be, is that you stay close to your community and transfer to Columbia, transfer to NYU, transfer to a school in the area, transfer yeah. to fucking Harvard. <laughs> hey, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to deal with this Harvard slander. <laughs> That's not um, Harvard slander. That's saying that Harvard is an Ivy League school on the East Coast that she could have went to instead of going all the way back to the West Coast to go to Stanford. She could have fucking transferred to Yale with that because she wants to become a lawyer and deal with immigration. She could have stayed on the East Coast, be closer to her community so she doesn't go through those feelings again. She goes back to Stanford when she knows a year from now, her father is still not going to be able to afford her tuition. And what is he going to do then? Because he now has nothing else to sell. Uh, yeah, but it was the tone in which you said fucking Harvard. Like, you know, watch your tone. Watch your tone. Um, you know, still not going to do it to Harvard. Harvard. Hey. Um, and, I, and here's the thing. Even if you're at the school, and let's get it, um, most universities, unless they are, you know, um, community colleges, no no offense to the community college or HBCUs. Um, they tend to be the new word that we learned, snow-capped. <laughs> snow-capped. Oh, God. <laughs> they tend to be a little bit snow-capped um, in their population. <laughs> um, even going to the University of Houston. Um, shout out to my kooks. Go U of H. Yeah. Um, when I got there, and I went to a predominantly snow-capped high school. But even when I got to U of H, it was still a different world. And you are still going to find the people who um, look like you. You're still going to find your community. 
Um, you have all these different student unions. You have the Black Student Union. You have the Latina or the Hispanic Student Union. So you have all these different alliances of people, of communities, of these many community pockets where you can belong and find others that look like you. So it made me think that, okay, you never, did you ever really get out of your shell or step outside of your shell at Stanford? Like how much did you go exploring the Stanford community and all that it has to offer? Because I can guarantee you, there may not be like a whole bunch, but you are going to find, you're going to find your people. You're going to find your tribe. You might even find that you belong to several different tribes or several different people, um, groups, um, once you get to college. And even then off campus, you're still going to find places to go, um, neighborhoods to go to and make friends and people who may not necessarily be on campus, but there are other universities in that area. So you could have still found friends. So, you know, that just seemed a little bit contrived. And like I said, okay, I get the homesickness. I get you not wanting to go back and deal with the racism and all that shit. If you want to come home, come home. But you never once talked about transferring to NYU. Um, if it really was the money, you know what? Then, yeah, go to NYU, go to Columbia, go to Fordham, go to Yale, go to, like you said, any college in that area that keeps you at home, that's a little bit cheaper, makes it easier economically on your family. But no, nah, it was just like, oh, I want to come home and I want to do this. I want to be a dropout, but I want to do this. Well, what the fuck you going to do as a, high, as a college dropout? Like, so, you know. Um, and then the scene with her and Benny dancing on the building, literally, yeah, you know, that that was like, that was the moment where I'm like, yep, I'm watching a musical. <laughs> I mean, there were, there were other moments before then, but there that was the moment when I'm like, yep, here it is. I, I was waiting for the just this ridiculous moment to come, but yeah. Um, although I will have to say I was more in on her and Benny than I was on Vanessa and us Navi. Or you snobby. However you I was more in on her than I was on, on Vanessa and Navy boy. Yeah. Can we just call him Navy? Or Navi? Sure. Let's just call him Navi. Okay. We're gonna give yeah. him a nickname. <laughs> We're good at that. Yeah. I was, yeah, I, was I was more invested in um in Nina and Benny than I was in Vanessa and Nobby. So, you know. I agree. I I think I was more invested because they had a history and I think that their history worked on, like, I think that was like the most believable part of the whole storyline on um, her deciding to go to the school that was furthest away from her boyfriend that she could choose and then them mentioning it and talking about it. Um, you know, and then that's when you find out that she did get accepted to all these other schools and decided to go to Stanford. And I think it's because it was Stanford. Um, so I'm just going to assume she never applied to any of the other Ivy Leagues, like, you know, Princeton, literally a hop, skip and jump away. Um, Yale. Yale, which is like, oh. I feel Princeton is more on the level of Stanford. Yale is way above Stanford. But yeah, yeah. Um, now, you just want to say Princeton because it's in that swamp we know is New Jersey. Jersey, baby. Uh -huh. <laughs> but, um, the highlight but yeah. of Jersey is Princeton. <laughs> Fuck no, it's Rutgers. <laughs> Get out of here with that mess. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it's Rutgers is the highlight of New Jersey for colleges. Um <laughs> Probably talking about no Princeton. Um, but yeah, so I think like overall, um, her storyline was the least believable. Um, I was just like, okay, that just don't seem like it's flowing. And maybe like you said, this was originally a 1999 um, Broadway play. So maybe that worked in 1999, but in today's time, like I just don't feel that whole situation works as well. Unless, like, was she, like, the weakest link out of the whole friend circle? Which she could have been. Um, the weakest link out of all of them. And the really goody-goody two-shoes kind of girl. And she just never had to defend herself because her friends always did it for her. Um, but, yeah, I, I considered uh, that whole thing to be, like, girl, you you ain't think this out at all. Nah, the one that, <laughs> the one that upset me more than that was Miss Vanessa working all this time scraping to get this loft 
in Manhattan, I guess in a garment district or wherever in Manhattan to open her store. And then all of a sudden, after being there for one day, she decides she don't want it. She doesn't want it anymore. Like after everything, everyone sacrificed to you, like this was your, and I, and I kind of get that like dreams change. And that was the one takeaway that I got from it is sometimes your dream, you think it's further away than what it really is, but it's like, you weren't even there for a day or a week or whatever and you decide that you don't like this place <laughs> so what a, and then you know me my practical mind comes in because again movie musicals and I had nothing to do but think and talk about all the plot think about all the plot holes I was like so what you gonna do with that lease your ass you sign like who gonna still pay for that like um that they make jump it? through hoops to get you to uh get you yeah, and it's not that the girl didn't have talent. I loved her creative mind and I loved I loved what I saw of her fashion sense. But I was just like, um, so you ditched all that to design, although the clothes at the end in a bodega were like, What? I was like, So you ditched all that to sell your shit in your husband's bodega? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> Like you have, okay, like, so I'm just throwing off design. So you have Mark Jacobs or you have Tom Ford, you have their like signature line. Okay. And then you might have Mark Jacobs for target, like his target line. So go be Vanessa and have your signature, you know, fashion week line. That's, that's front and Vogue that JLo is calling to like, cause she's got to wear Vanessa on her next Vogue cover shoot. And then go have your, Vanessa for Navi's bodega line. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, first, but first do like the fashion week line. Yeah. Like, dream big. Like, dream you know, big and then kind of go a little bit smaller once you establish yourself. Yeah. Like, Mark Jacobs didn't just start off saying, hey, I'm going to do Target. And I'm not, I'm not knocking it because that's probably the, you know, the way that I can reasonably afford Mark Jacobs without giving up a kidney or a piece of my liver is to get, you know, and I don't know that he actually Mark, has a touch. No, no, but Mark Jacobs, Mark, Mark Jacobs is Mark Jacobs. I don't care where you buy it. Yeah, so, you know, but it's like, okay, he might have that for Target line or that Target home line or whatever. It's good. I'm still skeptical about people who design for Walmart. I don't care who the fuck they are because it all looks cheap. Sorry, Walmart people, but, you know, that's just me. It is cheap. That's why. Um, but, you know, so that to me was also like, why? I, and I guess that's the thing. The only one who really seemed to, I, I didn't, I was like, did she really shortchange her dream like that? Like, yo, what, I, Patty, why are you bringing out the cynical, the cynical aspects of my mind now? I told you we I told you this was the review that we switched places. Yeah, like because okay, so now that I think about it, I'm thinking about it and I'm like, okay, so you wanted to be a fashionista, right? You wanted to be a fashion designer, but you didn't even take the step to get like an internship in New York City. Mm-hmm. And like then- what? <laughs> Eddie, come on, man. And okay, and now we know that this was updated. So the original, even from the original, and we know the fashion industry is also one of those industries that's snow capped and it's hard for people of color um, traditionally to get a foothold in, um, especially those prime internships and stuff like that. So I get that. So even if you went, but the way they jump through hoops to get you this prime, beautiful piece of real estate, this beautiful law. Um, I'm assuming, like I said, it might be in a garment district or the fashion district in New York. It was somewhere in uptown Manhattan because I found out, thanks to Google, that uh, Washington Heights is actually in upper Manhattan. So I'm sure it's probably not far from Harlem. But um, they got you this prime piece of real estate and you give it up basically after a fucking day. Like, I get that the Heights is special. You can continue to live in the Heights if you want to, baby, but go make your dream grow. Go prosper. Go make the sacrifices that they made for you worth it. So I'm just going to assume um, that that was the you that was the Vanessa for 
Navi's bodega line that we saw and that she really had her big business still booming in, you know, in New York, in, in the city. Cause that I'm gonna make the- that assumption is I'm gonna make the assumption as well. Like when she came back and she like kind of showed like the whole thing, that was more like I feel like that was a little bit to show um Navi what could be if he stayed. Yeah. And I'm I'm let let's let's just look at this as in she still kept her dream of becoming a fashion designer. She probably never became as big as she wanted to be, but um she had her was, little boutique and that's great. I mean, you know, make your dream work for you, baby, but keep your little boutique in in Manhattan, in the city, right there that primary estate. Yeah, spot. make make that original original outfits where nobody else has it but that person who purchases it. Come on now, you you and, you can work around that. And then, you know, you got your bodega line. I'm good with that. I'm, I'm just going to have to keep with that because I know she didn't jump through all the things shit for the bodega. Like, I know she didn't because, nah. You think about the stuff that you see in the convenience store, the clothes that they sell in the convenience store, dog. Come on now. Like, for real. Let's keep it 100. Who it's buying mainly that made shit? with spam bags. Thank you. Who buying that shit? Like, for real. Oh gosh! You know, and oh I my get, god! Oh, and I get funny. that New York bodegas are like the catch-all, and they carry everything. But come on, now there's some shit. I, yeah, I, okay. So that was another one of my issues, or one of the things I questioned about the movie and the plot of the movie. Um, I loved Jimmy Smith. Um, I wasn't necessarily crazy about his character. I get the machismo and all that kind of stuff, but I think he and his daughter have some real communication issues and he plays Nina's father. Um, You know, she wasn't listening to him. He wasn't listening to her. He was selling off every piece of his business um, and the block that he owned uh, to put her through the school um, and still not worrying necessarily about gentrification, which they touched on a little bit, which I think was probably one of the updates, I don't know. I would actually have to see the original in the Heights um, to see what was changed and what wasn't. But I know um, in the 2000s, um, early 2000s, gentrification probably wasn't as big of an issue then as it is now. So. It wasn't talked about as it is now, but it, yeah. it was, yeah, it was an issue. Um, yeah, the uh, Like, her dad was kind of like her. Like, I, I'm... I, my whole mindset is is that I understand. I feel like he only wanted her to stay at Stanford and he only was selling off everything so that he can brag about the fact that his daughter went to Stanford. Um, but my mindset is is that you could have bragged about the fact that she was at Columbia, which is an amazing school. Like or NYU. Or NYU. Um, you could have bragged about the fact of any of the other like Ivy League or a level of Ivy League, like really, really good schools that are on the East Coast. Like you could have bragged about that. And because um, she went to college, like you didn't even graduate high school, um, you know, so I, I, I like once again, I don't understand that concept. And the fact the saying is like the lack of communication. You're right. Um, but also, in fact, like what are you going to do next year? Like you literally sold half of your business to afford her first year in college. You sold the rest of your business to afford her second year in college. How you get in through three and four and then law school? Please explain uh, that to me. She don't have to come home on law school. Or she don't have to do a lot of them. Never mind. She, 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 yo. I, was, I was about to say she don't have to go get a, a, a side name and a side hustle. <laughs> that escort service um but yeah, yeah so like i i think that that certain things were lost on me like um there were certain things that were lost on me and that's just my logical mind that's working that's just like that doesn't make sense and i went through that when i was in college on i went away to a a college and then my um my friend, like the uh, person that said they were going to pay for me, ended up fall. It, it am falling through, and so I ended up having to go to another school. And but I picked my school based on what could be afforded by my family. Um, once that first situation happened, where like my finances fell through, so I'm just saying, like you go through the first year, she should have been, you know, upfront. But even when she was upfront and said that she didn't, like she basically told her that I didn't want to go back. 
and he's just like oh you going back like <laughs> basically telling her like you going and then at the end she changed her mind she goes back and I'm just of the pra- practical mindset of that wasn't a smart decision to make it wasn't a smart decision because you saw that sacrifices that your dad made and you still going to California and I feel like I'm fully concentrated on this because I just do not understand it like yeah I don't, I just don't understand the logic of you still going back to Stanford when you know your dad is never going to be able to afford you completing your education at Stanford. And you being the smartest kid, the valedictorian of your school, and you ain't get no scholarships? And the fact that she seemed to have just a horrible experience experience at Stanford her first year yeah so but you're going back because you'd be like oh because I think I can do baby let me tell you something if you're trying to work with DACA and you're trying to work with dreamers your best bet to do your absolute best for dreamers is to stay your behind in New York City stay there and go to a school there because you will meet way more people that can get you on the path of helping Sonny and other kids like Sonny, then you going all the way to Stanford University in California. Well, Stanford has, well, in Stanford's defense, because it is a hell of a school, they have a, they have a very strong alumni and a hell of a law school. So, I mean, I understand the pool, but. How white lily is their alumni, Eddie? It's pretty snow capped, but they can still make Exa- some connections. But, but that's but but Acting, logically, you know, she don't need she don't need a snow capped alumni because they never gonna help her. She 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 needs an alumni that is diverse and that has the same focus as she as she would have once she graduates. And I don't think she would get that from Stanford the way that she would get that from a school in the around the area that she grew up in. Well, you know, I'm sure there are people who went to Stanford who do public uh, service work and stuff like that. So, you know, clerks. You really trying to find it, Eddie? I'm just saying, I, I, I mean, I understand the pool for Stanford and I understand her wanting to go to Stanford. And Stanford's one of those schools where you could probably go and say you majored in underwater basket weaving at Stanford and come out and get you a job pulling in the high fives close to six figures a year. So, um, that's just the that's just the prestige of having that name on your diploma, but or your degree. But the other thing is, um, I didn't get the pull to go back, especially after she seemed to have such not just that one experience, but horrible experience after horrible experience. Like she really didn't seem to enjoy it at all. So again, transfer to a closer school. Um, what did you think about Abuela uh, winning the lottery ticket and leaving it to? us Navi or Navi and what he ended up doing with it I didn't think anything of her having it I guess that it was her the whole time but um I like the fact that he set up a trust for Sunny and it was all for Sunny I think that was great do you think he changed that when he decided to stay no I think he kept it exactly like that and worked his ass off in his bodega yeah um like I said, I I love Sonny. He was my favorite character. Um, I could have done without the cha-cha uh, salon girls and that stuff. And when she was trying to rally the people um, to after the lights came back on that Saturday, like to have a barbecue or to be in the Heights or whatever it was they were trying to do. Like when she was like, this is not what we do in the Heights. And I'm like, okay, I could have done without all of that. Um, the salon girls in the salon scenes um they they didn't move me much um I did like the scene I did like the scene when they were going to the pool I loved the pool scene when they were talking about the lottery and um Sonny went off on the pool about you know what he would do with the money and stuff like that um I liked the opening song I guess um a boyless death. I'm with you. I, 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 her, her, her journey to the other side. Um, that song was lukewarm on me as well. <laughs> but I, I did, I did get it. I did get what it was supposed to be. Um, you know, you, you, for a movie musical, you just have to be really, really damn special to pull me in and keep me there before I start picking apart everything as you see. Um, but yeah. And I, 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 I can't say that Lin-Manuel did it with this one. Although I know, like you said, this was his actually debut show before Hamilton. 
Um, and it did just as well as Hamilton on the uh, um, at the Tonys in 2008. So, you know, um, I guess this is kind of what made Hamilton possible. But he is amazing. But, you know. Um, so, so what now, would you rate it before we get into the controversial conversation? You think that? You think the controversy has tainted my ratings? No, I just... I don't want it to be like we go through that whole conversation and then we rate it. Like, let's rate it and then we can talk about it. Um, gosh, I'm, I'm struggling. I swear I, to God, if you rate it lower than Mulan, we're going to have some issues, Eddie. You know what? Nothing is rated lower than Mulan because <laughs> I realized that Mulan was probably what our fifth or sixth show and I was generous to Mulan. So yes, I'm going I to realize that too. I'm going to officially change my rating for Mulan on the record right now. I want to give Mulan a one. I really do because the movie was fucking horrible. But because and I hate, like I said before, I hate that that is the movie that the live action movie that Disney fucked up. I hate it so much because as we see with Cruella and all the other live action movies, they actually do them really well. I don't know what was wrong with, uh, I don't know what made Mulan the anomaly. So what I'm going to do because of all of the mostly Asian cast and crew, I am going to give Mulan officially a 1.75. I can't go any higher than that. And that is my new official rating for Mulan. And that extra, the, the entirety of that rating goes to the, the diversity of the cast. So there. So nothing ever will rank lower than that. That is my new official rating. I will even go back and put that in the blog that that is my new official rating for that. Okay? Okay. Um, but this one I am actually going to go up higher. I am teetering. I've been teetering between a 2.75 and a 3. And I think I'm going to just give it a 3 because it is my boy Lynn manuel Miranda and I love him. Um, I appreciated what he did with the story. There are parts that I liked. Like I said, for me, I think it would have done better if it was either or, if it was just a dramatic, if it was just a movie without the music, or if he kind of did it a la Hamilton, where it was all musical, like where all the dialogue was sung or rapped. Um, but the the combo didn't work for me um, in this. I would love to see the original play. I would love it if it went back to Broadway. I would definitely go watch it, um, you know. But... Um, I love Sonny. I love some of the relationships in it. I really did. Um, it wasn't horrible. Um, to For people who actually love movie musicals, who this isn't, who it isn't such a chore for them to watch, unlike myself, um, I would actually recommend it to those people. If you love movie musicals, then you, despite what you heard from this, you, you would probably like In the Heights, like Tammy, um, especially if you don't think about it too much. But when I get bored, um, my brain or when I'm disinterested, my brain goes to other things. So that's when the critical analytical part of me takes over. Um, so that's what this is. So I'm trying to keep my bias just um, from not really liking the genre out of it and actually go by the movie itself. So uh, based on that, I was tutoring between a 2.75 and a three. And because it's my boy, Lin-Manuel, I'm going to go ahead and give it that three. Well, okay. Um, <laughs> you asked. That was a whole thesis, Eddie. Um, so I am going to, because of how you rated it, I am going to give an unbiased rating as well. Um, because I love movie musicals, y'all. Um, it is like my thing. So... Um, I feel like it would be getting a rating like how I rate Wonder Woman just because I love her so much. Um, but I'm going to give an honest, honest rating. And my rating is going to be a 3.25. Um, and the reason why is because the overall, like, I think the overall premise of the movie was great. Um, I loved the side um, storyline. Um, I love the fact of Sonny ending up being a dreamer and, you know, that whole experience. And even the small scene that he had with Nina, I think, was a strong scene on him finally realizing that he was never going to be able to go to college. 
because he wasn't a citizen um, and he was here illegally and that he knew that he knew that and he finally heard that he just never knew. Um, I think like those side storylines definitely sold me on the movie. Um, and I also love the music. I, I, I love the music. I think the only song that did not touch me was sorry to say when grandma died, like grandma's song to the stairway to heaven was just not my song. Um, but I, I just love how he flows with it's the actual lines in the songs. Like it's not a pause, like you said, or a transition from one scene to another. And then they sing a song in between. So I just love that, um, that style of his. So I, I, I gave it a 3.25. I overall liked it. I love Anthony Ramos. Um, I read that. Yeah. So I, I think, I think the casting, well, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but yeah, so 3.25 is my rating, my unbiased rating. I would have rated it higher just because I love um, movie musicals, but I'm going to rate it a 3.25 and be okay with that. Yeah, okay. Um, so now the thing that you kept putting off that we could have segued into so many different places um, was the big scandal about the colorism um, and the representation of Afro-Latinos um, and um, in this movie and um, I have to say that whole thing came out after I watched the movie but during the movie I did kind of pick up on it especially since this was supposed to be a Dominican neighborhood and they were Dominican and a lot of Dominicans are darker skinned than what were portrayed in the movie not saying all but um, so yeah what did you think about that um, I also, like, I, I watched the movie late, y'all, um, so I kind of, like, heard about the whole controversy before I actually watched the movie, um, and, yeah, like, my one thing would be, we do know that, um, a lot of Dominicans are darker skinned than Anthony Ramos is, Anthony Ramos is a white Hispanic, y'all, um, and so, with just very pretty eyes, but um, so yeah, like de definitely, definitely see that. And then the controversy is, is how it was, how the response was first given um, when it was brought to the attention of the people who were involved in the project and not to diminish the acting within the movie, but the fact of that you are in Washington Heights and yes, Washington Heights may have um, communities from different um, groups, but you were really focused on the Domini Dominican aspect of of that, and you did not honestly portray their community. Um, like it's been mentioned that they did not fully portray the community in the Spanish that they speak because certain words that would only be used for Dominicans were not even used. They used more. Um, of Spanish that it would be spoken in other different um, communities. Um, so the research that goes into that on making sure you're using the right um, Spanish words was not even put into place. Um, and just thinking that just because you say somebody's from the Dominican Republic, that just we're just supposed to automatically accept that without really having some real depiction of Dominican um, of Dominicans. So yeah, like. I can definitely understand that controversy. And I, I go back to like when black people talk about it. And when we mention the fact that um, dark skin um, black people are not represented in movies, you know, and it's usually very um, light skin or very whitewashed. So I went back to how when we have certain movies and it's all light skinned black people who are in it, we also have those issues where we'd be like, okay, so you mean to tell me like ain't no dark skin people? Like we we not we not gonna talk about the different skin tones. Yeah, we just gonna and, have the light skin. <laughs> and it kind of goes back to a conversation we had earlier about Meryl Streep and her being the one. Um, I remember for a while when Gabrielle Union first hit, she was the one. She was the one dark skinned black woman that was allowed to be casted in Hollywood. Um, to kind of bring that con that conversation in context and full circle. Um, and so. You know, she was the go-to dark-skinned Black woman for a while. And um, I, I get it. Representation matters. And it shows that people of color don't always get it right. Um, and every, especially um, 
they're not mono, our, our communities are not monolithic where we're not all just one. We don't all come from the same place. We don't all come from the same, have the same experiences. And in the Latino community, um, it seems to be the Afro-Latinos that get left out or left behind, especially those that are darker skinned. Like we have this idea that all Brazilians look like Giselle Blanchard where they don't. Um, a lot of them are actually darker skinned um, and poor and live in the favelas of Brazil and Rio and Sao Paulo and all of that. So, um, uh, and even in the African-American community, we have our own issues, like you said, with colorism. I know um, it took me a long time, especially growing up, to embrace and love my darker skin um, just because of the stigmas that you hear versus light skin and dark skin. So I wasn't upset with them calling it out. And I also wasn't upset with the response. I don't know if I saw the initial response. You have mentioned it. But um, the one response that I saw, the only person who seemed to have a problem with it was Rita Moreno, who kept going in and kept going in. And she wasn't even a part of the movie, I don't believe, unless she was and I missed it. But um, the response that I saw from Lynn Moreno, from Lynn Manuel Miranda was that he was sorry that he was listening. Um, and again, that, you know, he doesn't always get it right, but he will be more aware and pay more attention to that in the future. So um, was there a different response than that? Um, the director was kind of like, oh, well, you know, yeah. Like, I mean, they were in the background. That was his oh. response. Oh, um, God. The Asian some, guy? Huh? <laughs> Yeah, Asian guy. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, and then also on some of the um, some of the actors, like they kind of took it personally on the fact that um, there was a criticism about uh the colorism within the movie, um, on like people were saying like they didn't deserve the part, and it was it's not them saying that you don't deserve the part. It's just that they didn't even put it out there that they were going to cast dark, like dark skin Hispanics, like, or, or like, even if you, let's say that you couldn't find an Afro Dominican, let's say you couldn't, but you didn't even like look into casting an Afro Latinx. Like you, like they, it was like, they were in the background. Like, I mean, you could point out like three of them. So we good. Like, no, you're not good. You're not good. Um, you know, so it I, I can definitely see how um, they would feel some type of way they can take it personally, but they weren't talking about your acting. You know, they're not talking about the fact that you did put in work and you acted your ass off and, you know, you definitely, you know, you put your all into your role. Great. Once you got the role. But there wasn't like no way of like, maybe like, hey, once y'all like previewed the movie, y'all didn't like think about the fact that like you ain't have no like Afro Latinx like in like anywhere like in the forefront of the movie. Like ain't nobody had that discussion with you. Nobody brought this up. And then they said that they did. When the trailer first came out, this is when the controversy first started. They talked about this and no changes were made. This was not addressed when it first came out. So, okay, well, in their defense, let's just say the movie was supposed to come out last summer. So I think the first trailer probably came out in late 2019 sometime. Um, I think I remember seeing it probably late 2019. But in, and not excusing it, but in between that time, the world no, was No, 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 no. The movie was supposed to come out last June. Right. The trailer so, came out in 2019. Exactly. So Before COVID. The, Right. But in between the time when they could have, if they were, and we know that Warner Brothers, let's be real, they're not going to do, Warner Brothers has its own problems with casting in people of color and diversity. So, um, you know, in between that time, though, late 2019 to the first part of 2020, we were in a pandemic and then shit got shut down so there was no way they were going to go refilm the movie or even reshoot scenes for this movie that was already done um, especially during the pandemic so I I understand that um, I understand like I said I'm not defending it I'm just saying realistically and logically what they were and weren't going to do so there was no way they could have possibly unless they were going to CGI someone in there which would have been an even bigger disaster um, 
And I, like I said, I agree. I, I, I think the, I think the, the complaint is warranted because I watched the movie when it first came out, and that was one of my things. Was like, hmm. And and I had to go back. I'm like, okay, this is the Dominican. Like he, he, he's trying to get back to the DR. And this part of Washington Heights is primarily Dominican. All right. And I was like, okay, so where are the Afro Dominicans? Where are the darker skinned people? Where, you know? Um, and so I was just like, okay. And then, but once the, and then once the controversy came out, I was like, oh, okay. It wasn't just me being over analytical. Um, and like I said, I, I get it. I, I didn't have a problem with his apology. He's listening, you know? And like I said, even we as people of color don't always get it right. We still have things to learn about our own communities and about the different, um, I don't want to say branches because that just sounds weird, but the different sub-communities within our bigger communities. We're not all homogenous. We're not all monolithic. You know, we could break it down. Like I said, each subset of the population, they, we all have our own issues, especially when it comes to colorism. Um, you know, that it could be a, a dissertation written on that just in any, sing, any singular community. You can go write a story about colorism and its roots and how it affects um, the color, the populations um, in ethnic communities. So, um, yeah. But so would you I guess I'm going to ask, would you recommend this to a friend? Yes. Or, or would you want to go see the original on Broadway? Yes. Yes, I would now want to go see the original on Broadway. Um, and I would, I would, I've already recommended that um, my friends go and watch, watch the movie. I think I like the movie. I enjoyed it. Um, I have friends who are um, lovers of movie musicals as well. Um, and I think they would enjoy it. I think they would enjoy watching this movie. Um, it's just an acknowledgement of, it's not trying to take away from the the whole movie, but it's just we also have to be willing to acknowledge and criticize our own people. Okay, I I don't have this thing of oh well you know because you know you're a person of color I'm not gonna call you out on certain things that you get wrong. Oh no, I'm still gonna call you out um, because you got to do better. And if I don't do it then you're going to have other people do it and you don't want them to do it because then they do it worse and they just completely destroy your whole life um, off of their complaints. Um, but just here and just please make sure that he does do better next time on making sure that you have researched the community that you're trying to portray. And if you, if you let's say that you don't, then stick to the community that you actually know. Stick to the community that you actually know, rather than entering in a community that you looking like you didn't research enough. But I mean, I appreciate the fact that he did acknowledge it, unlike, you know, some other people that was involved with the movie. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I, like I said, if, if you're a fan of a movie musical uh, and it's not hard for you to watch unlike myself who I tried to go back and watch this movie again just to make sure I wasn't being overly harsh and I couldn't um and that you know I, I've never hidden my the fact that I am not crazy about movie, movie musicals with the how you don't get through West Side Story Eddie because I've seen the original so I want to see the remake I really do I'm interested to see what Spielberg does with this um I I will find a way trust me I I've seen the original and I like the original um so you know we can we'll, we'll take it from here like uh, yeah I, I'll, I'll get through it the same way I got through this it might be another <laughs> overly analytical uh review we might switch places again but it's gonna happen <laughs> uh okay so that does it for this week's episode of the Popcorn Wind Down. Please be sure to listen, like, follow, and comment on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and or, notice I said and, I'm highlighting that and, and or Spotify Podcasts. You can also keep up to date on the latest in entertainment and pop culture news, as well as other juicy kernels. Again, I did it. See what I did with that kernels? You like that, don't you? Fine, ignore me. Uh, of <laughs> pop culture goodness at the popcornwindown.com. That's it. That's the plug. Our anniversary is coming up. Do you 
Oh, sorry, don't have time for the singing today. <clears throat> Voice is a little hoarse as well. But y'all get it on the next episode. I know you've missed the singing. Anyway, um, hopefully for our anniversary, someone who shall remain nameless, Tammy, will get me an actual sound effect. I'm hoping. Here's hoping. Anyway, thank you as always. And be sure to join us next week when we will discuss season two of Lupin. Ooh, I got to go practice my French between now and then. Lupin, French Fry, the loop. Oh, until next time, I'm Eddie. <laughs> and I am Tammy. Bye, y'all. Peace. <laughs>